All right, we are live. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Tangents Podcast, our very special weekly segment called Panels on Pages, where we talk comic books and we talk today with the creator of Acts of Contrition, Michael Heitkamper. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Nice to be here. Uh, I have been a follower of Insane Comics for a long time. Insane Comics, for those who don't know, for those listening and watching in the future, uh, is a Chicago area comic book publisher. Uh, they're out of Rockford, Illinois, and they have been around for quite a few years. I've been seeing them at shows, and my big thing is pretty much the same year that I found them, I stopped collecting floppies. So it was very much a matter of like everything they had was floppies. They had a bunch of different titles, and I thought it was crazy because there's all these different there's you know just everything from superheroes to you know weird off the beaten path kind of books, and I was really really interested and. I was like, you know, I really want to go there. I want to, I want to get some stuff, but like, I don't. I stopped collecting floppies. Like, I don't have the space for them, so I'm only getting stuff that I can shelf, which are trades and and, and graphic novels. So, last couple of years, they've had some for me, and this year, I was at C2E2 and picked up Acts of Contrition. And uh, this is a, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, this is this was just a one one, one and done kind of all in one graphic novel, right? This wasn't put out as singles. Uh, no, this wasn't put out as singles. We uh, decided just to release it as a graphic novel, get you a whole story put into it, because it just felt like that epic of a story for us. And We are going to keep going with the story. Uh, there'll be a volume two eventually, but uh, you know, you can buy this book and get a complete story in it, beginning, middle, end. Yeah, and it, it's great. It's, it's one of those things that I, I like that aspect of it, because there are certain portions where you know, you've got chapter breaks, and they're only like three pages. So yeah. it gives you that freedom to really kind of shape the story the way you want it. Um, it, it is it is a, a bit of a different uh, artistic take. Uh, initially, I flipped the pages. I actually thought I had like a bad print uh, because the, one of the first pages has this like weird uh, one of the characters like getting beaten up or something. And I forget which page it was, but it was just like really kind of I saw black and white. But then I saw like these just like splashes of color in some of the the onomatopoeia stuff and like i was like oh this is really cool like a really interesting take so i like i like different art like i i've been a fan of like superhero comics for my whole life basically and to i've in the last like three four years i've been going really kind of into the indie space and the, uh, the variety is huge oh yeah like one yeah, of the there's a lot of things out there yeah one of the big things i always criticize uh, dc specifically about is you know, from from about the like mid '90s to about the mid 2000s, you could pick up any DC book, and they all pretty much look the same, aside from like a one or two artists here and there that were just like really really stand out. Everything looked pretty much the same, and that's why I like indie books. Like there is almost no chance that you pick up two indie books and they look the same, and that's why yes. I love that's that space. True. <laughs> and uh, one thing. You know, with Insane Comics, they let us, you know, do whatever we want with our books. You know, we're all uh, creator-owned. You know, the, the publisher, they don't really tell us what we need to put in it or how it needs to look. You know, it's got to look good, of course. But, uh, you know, we get to have any, I mean, 100% creative control over our work. And uh, I appreciate the compliments on the artwork of the book. Uh, you know, A.J. Fulcher, he did all the artwork. Uh, and one of the things about doing it in black and white, getting that gritty look, that's exactly what we were kind of shooting for. And uh, as we were going along with it, uh, I don't remember if it was his idea or mine to just 
kind of toss in a little bit of color just to make it pop here and there, you know, uh, that it really does set the pages off a whole lot. For sure, for sure. And uh, I, I think it really does call to that kind of genre. Like, it's, it's the, the, the mafia style. So you get those yeah. the dark shadows and, like, you get the stuff that, you know, if you've seen uh, Goodfellas, if you've seen uh, yeah. uh, Godfather, you know, those those shadowy moments, those, like, really, mm-hmm. you know, dark scenes, you get that out of it. And it's a lot easier than and I don't say a lot easier, but it's, it's definitely a lot more uh, emotional. You, you get a lot more deeper in, into what's yep. going on. Because it's it's a darker story, you know. It's darker than most anything else I've written. And, uh, it, yeah, the art, it really spoke to me. I actually wrote this as a uh, novel uh, at one time. Okay. Uh, I, I rewrote it three or four times, and I just couldn't get happy with it, you know. And uh, AJ, he works with me on the Freedom Fighter comic book series. And, uh, you know, we were just talking one day about it. And he was like, well, hey, how about a graphic novel? And I said, well, let me throw a couple pages of script together. So I converted it, sent a, I think we just did 10 pages at first. And he turned it around almost instantly and sent it back to me. And it's, okay, this is what we're doing. I'm throwing away this 100,000 word draft. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to do a graphic novel because it just looks cool as hell. <laughs> and uh, I, I th- I'm really happy with the way that it turned out. And I think we've really got something here. Yeah, it's, it's it's an outstanding read. So let's talk about the story a little bit. The I want to talk about the cover because I'll be honest. By the time I was done, I didn't think the cover. I still to this day don't think the cover makes any sense. So sometimes angels deserve to die, and obviously that's a huge catch. You're like, all right, like traditionally angels are good guys. Why would they need to die? Uh, I love that you know he's literally got the cement shoes on. Really appreciate that on the cover. But like that's yeah. the, it kind of puts you in the mindset of what's going on, right? Cement shoes. He's tied up to a chair. He's gagged. Like, all right, if this is supposed to be an angel. Like he's about to go go out mafia style. Like what's happening? So it's definitely super catchy on the cover, and I think that's outstanding. Um, what 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 brought this story out? Like what what how did this story come about originally? Oh man, it's it's hard to say really. I mean. Um... The idea of, I mean, just like of being helpful, or, you know, there's, you see people in hard times and struggles and stuff and just kind of get this little idea that, you know, if, what if somebody, you know, told them that there was some kind of uh, uh, power or something, godly power or something that's going to just be watching over the you, even if it's a stranger that walks up to you and says that, you know, how could that affect their life? And then the whole idea kind of took a little bit of a darker turn and said, okay, what if that angel... You know, he's got some baggage, too. He's not all that perfect, and he's probably not in that position, or he shouldn't be in the position that he is to be given advice. And um, it's it's really complicated the way that I come up with the story, to be honest. But, uh, it, it turned out the way that I wanted, though. If, does that make sense? For sure. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I, I've been writing for, for many, many years, and I completely understand. It's stuff that... I, you know, you come up with the weirdest things. I, you know, I call them sketches because I also draw. So, like, I call everything sketches where it's just, like, I get an idea of a scene. I don't know what it's part of. I don't know what story it's going to be in. I get a scene. This is what happens in it. I'll jot it down. Right. Won't even touch it for years until until it fits into something. So, I completely understand. Like, sometimes oh, yeah. it just got to – you just got to let it grow. <laughs> it kind of grew on its own, you know. Uh, and uh, 
in the original novel that I was talking about, the angel, he was actually the main character. Hmm. And uh, as uh, I got writing the story to be the graphic novel, we kind of switched it over and we added uh, Daryl Malone, who is actually the main character in the book. He's a right. open force for this time. And, you know, uh, the reason we did that is because it was a 100,000-word novel and it all wouldn't fit into 160 pages of graphic novel. So we... Uh, chopped a whole bunch of parts out and we decided we'll do the angel part you know in the next book and daryl in this book but daryl turned out to be a much more complicated character than what we thought he would for sure for sure i mean even Uh, even reading it like at the beginning you're kind of like all right this guy's this guy's one note kind of you know mafia enforcer guy oh yeah but then like he grows take no shit type of dude you know right he kills people for no reason and you know anybody that he thinks might cross him and as you get going you find out that he's got to drive you know for a certain reason and don't really want to say what that is without them reading the book but for sure <laughs> you know he's he's doing all of these things for a reason and uh you know the angel of course he has his own motives and they're not all that great either so whenever they come together and they start working together uh even if they don't like it uh, it it leads to a somewhat happy ending, I guess. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, as far as the, uh, as far as the, I mean, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is, I, I try to stay away from from spoiler territory. I especially if it's a book like this where. 99% of the experience is the experience itself. It's not like the ending isn't what does it. It's the whole thing. It's the journey, which I think right. really speaks to the quality of the, of the story told. Um, how, how did you get I'm trying to, I'm trying to phrase it in a way that it doesn't, it, that doesn't really give away anything. <laughs> that's, that's difficult. It's difficult, especially when it's like a continuous story. It's a, it's an interwoven story like this. So it's difficult to, 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 say stuff without saying everything uh so this is the reason this is called tangents because you know random things come up uh that's why we call it the tangents podcast i was just watching a jimmy kimmel interview and they were talking to some of the cast of infinity war and it was one of those things like they're talking to them like like okay so this is for people who haven't seen the movie and it's like does everyone make it out and they're all kind of looking at each other i'm like yeah like yeah you can't say anything i can't say we do like this is the greatest (laughs) interview ever right (laughs) Can we talk about spoilers to that movie yet? <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's I. Which, by the way, I loved it. It was an outstanding film. Um, oh yeah, it was great. It was great. Was now you said that the Daryl, right? Daryl, right? Yes, Daryl. Yeah, I, I was for, I, for some reason I thought it was different. Um, Dar- was Daryl always like in the original book story? Was he always dying? Was he always like he was terminal of cancer? Yes. Yeah, he was always. He had a he had a uh, deadline, you know. It it kind of was the whole reason that he really accepted the angel's help. You know, he kind of felt like you know, this is my second chance to kind of make some of the uh, you know wrongs that he's done right, even though you know he probably isn't. But you know, it it gave him that uh, extra push to say, hey, I've only got a little bit of time. I better do what they say. Otherwise, he might have just tried to shoot the angel. <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. That uh, that that will get yeah. That's that's one of those things. Like when you have a character like that, it's very interesting to see how they're gonna take things. So I like that. I, I did like that there were kind of at the beginning though when when uh, the first angel comes in, he's like, hey, you want to kind of like lay it all on the line. You're 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 done. You're done here. Mm-hmm. 
if you want to just lay it all on the line, who knows what, you know, I'm not saying it's going to do anything, but it might help you. So then when, when the, our angel comes in, the, the, I don't call him the main angel, but the main angel, (laughs) Steven, I think we only dropped his name like once or twice in the book, but his name is Steven. Steven. Okay. Um, so yeah, when Steven comes in, he's more likely to, to believe, you know, it's not, and I like that there's like this myth in, in the background, like throughout this mafia stuff, like, oh, this one enforcer said some stuff. Like, I heard about this. That's, and I love that. I, I, there's just, even in, in essentially a short story, there is so much mythos already built in around this character. And my whole, my whole question the entire time has been very much, why is it so important for him to find out, you know, who killed his charge? And the entire time, I'm like, like what? Like sometimes people die, like you know, whatever. You mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't save this one. You move on and whatever. But he's just so incredibly driven. And you know, I'm I'm interested. You said that the angel stuff's going to be in the next book, which you know I think is it, it's done very well. In that I'm I'm in. I'm already in for the next one. You let you let me know when it's coming out. You know. Like, <laughs> it, it'll be a little bit. Yeah, we're still in the writing process, getting it drafted, but. Uh, yeah, the, the angel, he's he's very complicated, and you know, his his drive to keep on going and try to figure out who killed uh, his client or whatever Martin, you know, right. he's uh, you know at first it's like oh you're thinking maybe he has to do this or else he's going to be punished by the angel committee or something like this or you know something along those lines. In some way he's going to be punished because he let somebody die, but you know. Of course, at the end, you get a little more clarity of why exactly he was chasing after this. And you get a little more clarity, I guess, on what he really is and what he really isn't, you know. For sure. But uh, the next book will definitely explain everything much more detailed. Because <laughs> the angel, he has he has a pretty checkered past himself. And that, that I'm, I'm like I said, I'm already in for that one. I'm sold on that. Uh, I love I love the dialogue. I think the, the the book is really done. Like I said, very very well across the board. Um, the art the art really speaks to me on many levels. Um, there are little details that are are taken care of with. Uh, I, I don't like static uh, uh, static panel design. So I love like for instance. I don't, I don't know if you're watching right now, but I'm, I'm looking at uh, the interrogation sequence where. Um, the bosses in interrogating uh, Steven. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that there's different, you've got certain, certain panels are, are kind of, I don't want to say oval, but you know, they're, they're not square. They're angled, uh, which gives, which adds to the drama. But then I also, I love the corner panels where you've got the boss just blending into the black background. Yeah. I love that. Like it, it really, it, it just like, again, it draws into the darkness of it and, and it get, sets the mood. Absolutely. That's precisely the term. It, it, it just, it, it's really incredibly well done. I love a lot. There's a lot of texture work. That's another big, big, big thing for me in this book. There's a lot, of, a lot of texture work. I mean, like this is just silhouettes and textures of rain and it's fantastic. I love this shot. I appreciate that. And all that, that goes to AJ Fulcher, man. He's, he's an amazing artist. He's a good friend. Me and him have gotten really close over the past, oh, I guess eight or nine years we've been working together just on different projects trying things out and uh, uh gosh we just i 
really don't remember exactly how we ran into each other somewhere on the internet and just decided, hey, let's start working on comics together. And, uh, you know, we both just decided we were committed to it. And here now we've got two different titles out going pretty strong and uh, it feels great. <laughs> so is, is he the artist also? You said he was the artist on... Um... Freedom Fighter. Freedom yeah. Fighter. Freedom Fighter. Yeah. Um, superhero. Super straightforward superhero, or is there is there a dark undertone? Because <laughs> now because now I'm expecting it. Now I'm expecting it. You know. <laughs> no, it's not really. A, it's not dark like this. This is a Freedom Fighter. You, you know, your kids could read it. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's kind of like 007 crosses Inspector Gadget. And, uh, okay. Uh, it's it's just a fun all ages superhero story. You know. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, again, it's it's it, it's it's like dancing on 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 a bed of nails, trying to avoid stuff. Um, um, the, the 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 like right. It's it's it's. I mean, it's like give it's like giving away the end of Goodfellas. Like you got to see the whole thing to get it. <laughs> you got to see the whole thing to get it. Um, I really one of my favorite things about writing and whenever I'm writing something I'm trying to think of some kind of a twist to put at the end of the story that just makes you go oh didn't see that coming you know and whenever I feel like you know whenever I hear you saying stuff like that it makes me go, okay I think I did it you know uh, that the, the, there is a surprise ending and I, I pulled it off so it makes me feel kind of good <laughs> excellent I mean, that, I mean it's definitely it's definitely executed brilliantly Sorry, I'm just trying to promo the promo the show real quick uh, while we're while we're live. See if we can get some people, in, you know, seeing the the, the the seeing the whole thing right now. Um, it's it is uh, it's interesting to, for me to see uh, independent books on on this scale. Honestly, um, I've been working with a few artists. I don't know if you heard of uh, the 100 Days of Making Comics Challenge. Um, Started by Kevin Cross. Started by Kevin Cross, who makes uh, Monkey the Monkey the Monkey Mod and Friends show. Um, we just put out a anthology, so that was super cool to work with. Uh, my my first published work. Uh, I did the writing and the art, and I think the art is super subparing compared to what the story is. Um, but it's uh, you know it was it was a great experience, and it was one of those things that like I I took that and I take books like this where you've got production quality, you've got a, a very much a complete story that's been something that's been 100 percent key for me uh a few years back uh there was a book called treadwater i'm honestly i, I was gonna say i don't want to say i don't want to name names but i really do there's a book called treadwater i don't know if you watch the walking dead uh the guy who played tyrese i forget uh, no i actually don't watch it oh okay <laughs> only person on earth that doesn't <laughs> uh i've i don't want to say i've stopped but i haven't i'm not caught up uh, but anyway, one of the main characters, he was on the show, I want to say two, three seasons maybe. Um, he, you know, his character died off and he he was going into other stuff and he backed this independent uh, comic book series. But my my beef with the whole thing is that they, they made it out to be this huge thing. They were talking about a video game. They had like a teaser trailer for a show. Like they were trying to go all out right out of the gate and no one knew them. And they were selling a book. And I was like, yo, like, I'm, I'm hyped. You know, the hype machine is here. I'm in. I'll buy the book. We pre-ordered the book. It gets here. 
I'm reading it. It's the first three issues. It doesn't complete a story. And I'm just left up in the air like, when's the next one come? Like, what what did I just pay for? So having a book that's got the production quality, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a floppy printed off of somebody's computer and, and hand folded at home. It's, it's, you've got the quality, you know, this, I mean, this could be at any graphic novel shop, any comic book shop. This is, this is the real deal. This is not, mm-hmm. you know, this is not some, some, you know, super ultra small press kind of thing. It's, it's a full graphic novel, a complete story. And I think that's 100% key. You can say, Hey, you like Goodfellas? Boom. <laughs> like, done. It fits. Yeah, this book's right for you. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. Here's the whole story. Do, do I need to read anything else? Nope. Nope. You don't need to do anything else. Here's the book. Read the whole thing. You're done. Yep. And like I said, a lot of times it, you, you get, you know, you get a lot of flash and you don't get a lot of story. Or you get a lot of story, but the production quality is super low. You know, it's it's low, you know, low print, hand cut kind of stuff. You know, and it's just the experience is different. Yeah, uh, when we uh, put it together for a graphic novel, I, it, whenever it started, you know, page and page and page and page and page, we had 160 pages. I was thinking, man, who's going to buy this big book? You know? <laughs> I was wondering, is it even going to sell that well? So far, I think we're doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we've taken it to several cons, and uh, I usually sell quite a few of them, more than what I expect every time. And uh, I, I feel like that's great. Uh, oftentimes we wondered if we should have sold it as floppies just to give people, you know, so they wanted to put out a little, uh, as much cash for it, you know, uh, just to get the first part of the story and maybe come back and get the second one. But that seems too complicated. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, graphic novels and trades, I mean, they're like my favorite too. Because like you said, I can go through a floppy in like three minutes, you know, sometimes. Uh, right. And especially if it's an indie book, like you, you, yeah. you go through it three, five, maybe you know, let's say it's ten minutes, and in ten minutes you're done, and it's you know one guy or a couple guys working on it, yeah. and when's the next book coming out? Who knows? Yeah, who knows if it's coming out? Yeah, who know? Who knows if it's coming out? Exactly. Um, I was actually just uh, I had um, I don't know if you, I'm, if you've been on the convention scene, I'm sure you've seen uh, Unshaven Comics, their local uh, Chicago yeah. company. Uh, same kind of thing. Like I've been, you know, I've been chit chatting them for years and they're always like, can I tell you about, you know, that was their whole thing at the shows is can I tell you about my comic? And I walk up and I was like, do you have a trade? No, I'll see you next year. That that was all, that was the entirety of our conversation every time. Um, but it was one of those things. Like I remember them having the first issue and then it was like a couple years and then the second issue. And like, I'm, I'm a completionist. So for me, I mean, I, I, I shotgunned the first three seasons of Dexter and then watched the fourth one live and it killed me because I just wanted to watch the next episode because I, I'm, I'm, I just need the whole thing. I need it now. Yeah, Netflix and Prime and all those things, man, they've ruined us too because you, you can't watch a normal television show on a, a syndicated television show live anymore because commercials for one and then wait till next week to see the next part or next season or you know next mid-season finale it, it's so fresh there's too there's too many breaks now i feel there's definitely too yeah. many breaks i remember from september until march or june or whatever it was that was the season if you finished yeah. you know the season finished in march april you didn't get anything new until s- september you could you know you could jump on it was yeah. you know it was cartoons it was everything so now that there's so many breaks 
I lose track. <laughs> I lose track of shows. I lose track of what I'm watching. Uh, I'm just catching up uh, one of my one of my shows right now. I'm catching up on Lucifer. Great series, by the way, based on based on a comic book. Yeah, um, I've heard about that one. I haven't started watching it yet. It's 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 really outstanding as far as again storytelling and universe building. It's it's great. Um, my wife and I were we've uh, actually trying to get caught up on all the Marvel Netflix series. Right now we're on Jessica Jones. I think we're just about done with the first season and you know it's all right it's you know i might be the only one that don't think it's the greatest thing ever but it, it's it's fun how how far away from the end are you i think we only have one or two more episodes of the first season i feel like i feel like welcome natasha to the broadcast uh i feel like we I, I feel like the last couple episodes definitely pay off. Um, well, I, I don't think it was my favorite. It certainly was my favorite series, um, but it was. It, I think it was good. You know, my wife and I, whenever we start watching a series on something, on like Netflix or something, we finally agree on a show to start watching. Right. <laughs> uh, we we always tell each other, okay, we got to give this show at least three episodes to get us hooked, because that seems to be how most of those shows are on Netflix. Um, we, I don't think it was till episode eight or nine before I was finally okay. Oh, okay. I don't know what's going on with Jessica Jones? Oh, wow. You know, yeah, I I was about to give up on it. <laughs> I mean that you 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 held out for a while. You held out for a while. Yeah, I did. I'll I'll tell I'll tell you what. Uh, you, you put your put your hiking boots on for for uh, Iron Fist. That was oh, really? that was a rough one for me to get through. And I'm and I'm a fan. And I'm a fan, but I think that's the problem is I'm a fan. Like I know Danny Rand the character, so very much like did not feel like Danny Rand the character to me. So it was very much hard to to accept a lot of the characterization. Story's good, like the the action, the fighting is terrible. The action sequencing is so bad. To go from I don't know if you have you seen the first season of Daredevil yet? Yes, and that's that was so incredible, right? So incredible. Yeah, the choreography and the fight scenes in Daredevil. Was just so to consider crazy. that the same you know? studio is making a show, yeah. and you're like, and this is a kung fu show. This yeah. is awesome. I am psyched. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. There is literally a shot, and I, I can't, it's burned into my mind. There's a shot, they're fighting, it's like there's like a, a fence or a cage or something next to him, and he's fighting the one guy, and the other guy literally waits with this crowbar, like... <laughs> visibly pauses and i was like you couldn't cut that out there's 36 other cuts in this fight scene you couldn't cut that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard that one's probably we only really have to watch two episodes of iron fist to know what's going on in like the defenders or something but uh i'm again I, i'm a completionist so I, I i'd still say watch the whole I'm thing the same way <laughs> um but it's very it's much held out so long with jessica jones it was like I feel like we've got to see this through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you do, and you know what? Honestly, like I said, I think I think Jessica Jones pays off. I think it was a good show. I think it was a really good show for like a first female superhero, live action, like a lot going on. Uh, I wish they would kind of delve. I, I haven't seen the second season yet, um, mm -hmm. but I wish they would delve a little more into her abilities and what she can do because she is. I don't want to. Oh, yeah. She's she's a higher class hero than they, than they paint her. Uh, on the show, they paint her pretty, pretty, pretty bottom level. I thought that uh, in the comics she flies, though, doesn't she? Yeah, that's why that the the scene where she in that yellow dress or whatever she jumps off that building. That's why that was so momentous, especially for at least for me. I was like, oh yeah, because I was like, she's kind of dive, you know, she's like 
leaning into her powers a little more versus versus just fighting people. Hmm. Well, uh, it's it's getting interesting now. Uh, so, a couple more episodes and then we can move on to the next series. <laughs> right, for sure, for sure. Now, as far as you said, this is going to take a couple years to, to, to bring it back around. Uh, <laughs> uh, you well, said the next one's going to take a, a little while. You're still writing the script, which is, I understand, can can be difficult. Uh, like I said, I, this was my first, the, the anthology was my first published work, but, but the year before that I finished my first script for the first arc of the comic we want to make. Um, and it took eight years to write. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I planned it out to be this, you know, standard 22 pages per issue kind of, fl- you know, floppies. Like, you know, I originally planned it as printing comics and then I wrote the first issue. I was on page three and I had planned this three page exposition and I was done. And I was like, I have two more pages of exposition that I planned for what the hell am I, gonna, the hell am I going to do with these two pages? And I was like, can I stretch this out? I'm reading it. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done. This is, I'm, I've explained everything I need to explain here. Yeah. And I was like, and then I like, it took me like three days, but I figured out, I'm like, this is the internet. It doesn't matter how long it is. So they, it turned into this really tight, concise 10 page issue. I got five, 10 page issues, a 15 page, sixth issue finale. And it's tight and it, it's like quick. And I love the read. So it was one of those things like the format I think was a huge, huge effect because not having to consider if it's going to be single issues. Cause I'm like, I can just put out a graphic novel. That's going to yeah. be 65 pages. You throw in 15, 20 pages of bonus material. I'm going to have some prose stories that I'll throw in there. I'm like, this is this, it could come out as a really good graphic novel. So you get so much more with a graphic novel. Like you're saying too, you get bonus material in the back. Uh, if you wanted to put prose material in there, yeah, that, that's an awesome idea too. Uh, but uh, as far as the timeline for the second installment of Axe Contrition, it may be sooner than what we think. You know, okay. like I said, the story is basically written. It just needs to be put into script form so that way AJ can draw it and you know go from that. So it just comes down to a matter of me doing the work <laughs> on top of the million other things i need to get done myself so (laughs) that's that 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 is that is the that is the life of the creator you 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 wake up you got to do the stuff for the the life the day-to-day stuff but then you also got to do the you got to do the grind you got to do the work um now to 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 jump back in time a little bit you said freedom fighters is the first thing you were working on was that the first comic you ever worked on uh no there's another comic book out there that is uh yet to be published uh and uh it's kind of just sitting in limbo i also did a uh, web comic series with a couple guys uh, called distractions i think it's still on uh drunkduck.com if that website's still out there drunk uh, duck yeah i feel like i've heard of that for some reason yeah it's just a whole bunch of web comics and uh, a lot of people put things i think i think actually a buddy of mine has his uh his web comic on there yeah and uh, they have, they used to have a lot of uh, great stuff on there, but uh, a couple years ago the site crashed and a lot of people's comics disappeared. I, I don't know oh. what happened, but we could no longer upload pages to it. So there, that book's or that story's kind of sitting, you know, kind of waiting. And our artist he got kind of tired of working on it, so he he took a break and looks like it's going to be an indefinite break. So <laughs> bummer. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's, it, those are all just different experiences that brought me to here. And uh, 
maybe someday I'll get back to them and complete them all. But for sure, for sure. As it is, as it is I'm going to just keep going forward, you know, because uh, I think a lot more, a lot of the more stuff I have in my head, it's it's going to be greater what I've done in the past. Definitely. Welcome, Myth, to the broadcast. Uh, we're talking with uh, Michael Heitkamper, the creator of uh, Acts of Contrition. If you have any questions, make sure you drop them in the messages down below. Now, how you said this was going to be planned as a novel? The first, the the last series you were working on, a superhero. Obviously, the or not obviously, rather, but I, I took a quick peek on the website. Distractions looks to be maybe a slice of life kind of thing. Uh, no, distractions is. Uh kind of a twisted story about a guy that uh he's having a mental breakdown he works in a nuclear power facility and uh he's starting to think that the people there are are either aliens or they're trying to control his life or uh, okay like some kind of crazy conspiracies going on and he's trying to figure it out get his family away and as he's as it's going along you know everybody seems to be in on whatever is going on and he's the he's the lone guy in there it's it's just a very paranoid comic, and uh, that one, I guess, I, thinking about it now, I think I need to go back and finish it, because <laughs> <laughs> it has a neat little twist that we had planned for the end, and uh, it just never got completed. Well, I was going to say, if, I mean, uh, looking at it, it looks like it's where the, the webcomic got to about 30 pages. Yeah, you could yeah. put out a little prestige format, all in one yeah. story. Yeah, and uh, I just had to get in touch with all the people that used to work on it with me, and, see if anybody's interested in getting back into it if not uh find some more people some more artists i guess <laughs> that's that's absolutely the biggest challenge i've i've been yeah. i've been trying to find an artist for about five months now and there's always a reason why someone can't do it <laughs> so it's 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 been yeah. it's been a very uh, interesting road yeah i'm i mean i've dealt with so many different artists in the past and i'm not knocking any of them because they are all thousands times more talented than i am you know whenever it comes to artwork and stuff but you know uh there's so many out there that of course drawing is hard <laughs> it is hard and they deserve to make a living doing what they do uh and but sometimes you know if you're trying to just pitch something to a publisher you know you're trying to keep your costs down and uh paying an artist isn't always the best way to go you know for just a pitch but if you have something for sure you know it's a little different but yeah some of them some of them do flake off there for you yeah definitely definitely it's uh now with uh with did i already forget the name of it what's the superhero comic wow freedom fighter, freedom fighter. wow that's gotta gotta get me some uh some some uh some herbs Got to get some herbs to help with them. That was that was that was a deep one. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when you got to Insane Comics, uh, did you already know? Um, and I forgot his first name. I've got the last name obviously right here on the book. But what was the, the artist's name? AJ Fulcher. AJ Fulcher. Um, did you already know him beforehand, or was that something that where you paired up with him through Insane Comics? Oh no, we, me and AJ, we've knew each other well before that. We'd uh, we've been working on Freedom Fighter for a long time, just kind of perfecting this idea of uh, creating a comic book, you know. And uh, honestly, Freedom Fighter kind of started out as a just let's try it. It's a practice book, and you know, we thought, okay, let's just make a superhero. He's got to have a cape. He's gonna have a mask. All this stuff. And, 
uh, what, what's a superpower? And it's like, oh, how about we make him like a super soldier type of thing? Oh, here's an idea. He's he's controlled by the government. He's the only superhero that's controlled and operated by the government. You know, and that's that's not a great idea. You know, to have government in control of a superhero. Right. Uh, it made for some good stories. You know, uh, lots of uh, cons- conspiracy type of things, like uh, whether the freedom fighter knows if he's doing the right thing or. Uh, if he's doing something for some corrupt bureaucrat, you know, uh, he's just following orders and digging up and figuring out that uh, a lot of the people that he works for aren't exactly his friends. And uh, all, we touch on all kinds of stuff in the book. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's turning out a hundred times better than what we thought it would when we first started it, really. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, me and AJ, we've known each other forever, and uh, we actually – Freedom Fighter was uh, published by another publisher before Insane. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, just like a couple weeks before issue two of Freedom Fighter, before it came out uh, with the first publisher, he, the publisher actually called me and said, hey, sorry, we're dropping you along with all these other books because oh, wow. we feel like we need to work on our own books, and so we don't have time for anybody else. And I was like, really? Did oh, this just wow. That's... You know? That's, it, it that's really not good. Sucked. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for that to happen, you know, because at that point we were we were on cloud nine. It was like, hey, we got this little superhero book we didn't think would hardly go anywhere, and he has a publisher, and then all of a sudden, boom, he no longer has anything. And, you know, not only that, you know, if we tried to pitch it to another publisher, we got to include the fact that, hey, another publisher had us, and, Right. You know, they kind of dropped us. There's a whole story involved, you know. Right, yeah. There's a whole lot of background. There's a whole lot of background, and, and different yeah. people different people are going to take that in different ways. So, yeah. that's Luckily, uh, James Munch at Insane Comics, he, he didn't shy away from it at all. I just sent him a letter. You know, I found him on the Internet and said, hey, oh, wow. we got this. We got the books ready to be printed. And, you know, take a look. And he liked what he saw. Sent us a contract. I, I don't think he Freedom Fighter sat without a publisher for more than two months. You know. Hey, and, uh, that's the way. To, that's that's the best one. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that that is the best case scenario right there. Yeah, and you know, it's a good book. It really is. It's it's got some great artwork. It's got some fun stories. Uh, you know, everybody everybody has picked it up. We've got a lot of praise on social media about the book and some good reviews. So uh, we're uh, actually going to be releasing a trade paperback. So for you, uh, trade paperback for sure. of the first four issues in uh, July. I think it's, gosh, it might be July 7th. But uh, there'll be a trade paperback for the first four issues. And then uh, in the following months, I think issue seven will finally come out. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now is that, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, is that is that trade paperback going to be a complete story arc? Yes. yes. <laughs> first four issues is the first story. And, uh, Excellent. you know, you, we could have stopped at issue four and, you know, Freedom Fighter would have been a good beginning, middle, end story. That's it. But he has he has more conspiracies to tackle. So <laughs> he'll be around for at least another five issues or six issues, rather. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look at some of the, the, the artwork of the covers. That looks very nice. That looks very cool. Yeah. I love... Uh, the uh, the logo's got a very classic feel to it. I dig it. Tell me the cartoon. <laughs> it took me forever to realize what AJ brought that from. 
it has a very Thundercat type of. Uh, well, I was going to say Thundercats and Silverhawks. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to draw that comparison. But if yeah, if it was intentional, then yeah, it definitely I see I it. I don't know if it was intentional, but you know, I, was, I always teach it's it's it. hard to say that it's hard to say that you're not influenced by the things you've experienced in your life. It's exactly. you know, it's it's impossible to say. It's just whenever I saw the first, the logo for the first time, I thought, hey, that is cool. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, wait a minute, what is that from? <laughs> And uh, it wasn't for a while before somebody finally told me, hey, that was the Thundercats. And I was like, oh, of course it is, you know. But it, it's still a really a really cool logo. It's a cool book. I would implore everyone to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, if, if definitely if Acts of Contrition is any uh, evidence to, to your writing skills and your storytelling skills, uh, I would 100% recommend it. Uh, are both books on your website? Uh, yeah, you can buy them on my website. You can buy them on the Insane Comics website. And, uh, of course, everything's available digitally through Comixology also. So. Oh, nice, nice. The, the, okay, Comixology as well. Shoosh. Yep. Uh, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. That's, yeah. that's, that's, and that's, that's where you got to be. You got to be everywhere these days to, to get even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really tough, you know. Uh, but I think we're, we're kind of spreading it out there as best we can. And uh, digital comics, people, did, I, I'm not much of a digital comic type of guy, but uh, I guess a lot of people are going that way. <laughs> you know what? It's I think I think a lot of it. Well, I mean, honestly, in most cases, it's not cheaper. The the to be very honest, the first time I've seen a reduced cost for digital books has been with Insane Comics when I, I jumped online and I was like, oh, this is this trade is only five bucks. This is awesome. <laughs> Because most most everybody is full price, I I I think taking you know, let's say you know publishers got to put out thirty thousand thirty thousand is I know generous in today's market, but let's say ten thousand copies of a book, ten thousand copies of a book printed, if you cut that cost, shouldn't it be cheaper? It's the same it's the same beef I have with digital games, digital game like I don't buy disc games. For the most part, unless I'm going to like GameStop and buying used. So if I'm buying a digital game, what am I paying $60 for exactly? Yeah. You know, like I'm getting a physical disc if I go to the store. Yep. Shouldn't there be a discount? That's just me though. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am too. You know, I, I like to have that physical copy of whatever it is that I'm buying in my hand. Uh, really, the only thing I buy digitally is music. And most of the times I don't really pay for that either. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. For me, I, I kind of work in reverse, honestly. I, in a lot of, in a lot of scenarios like with this, I mean, like I said, I, I've been, I've been following insane for, for many moons. So that this was not even this. He was like, I think it was James was at the show. He was like, Hey, trade. I was like, sold <laughs> like easy, easy money done. Um, did that? Which day were you at C2E2? I was there all three days. Were you there? All three. I was there. Yeah. Oh, I might. I might have bought it from you then. Yeah. I might have bought it from you. I'm. I'm starting to think that I did meet with you, because uh, I think that you wanted it just because it was a trade. Uh, may or may not have been you, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was you. Probably had a camera with me. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. We. Uh, there were a lot of people at the show. We. Uh, we. We put out a. We put out a video of the show every year, which actually is now like two weeks behind, uh, because you know as we were discussing earlier, life gets in the way. Um, uh, but that it, that should be coming out next week, and that's going to be uh, we talked. I don't know if we talked to you, 
we did talk to is it apocalypse girl uh okay that was saturday uh so yeah we, we talked we talked with less uh on saturday about that but we were we, we hit the booth all three days so like <laughs> we 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 were there on friday yeah I mean, we were definitely there friday so yeah i mean I'm, i might have bought it from you on friday uh, but it, like this is one of those rare occasions where like I'll buy something that I don't know directly at a show. Most of the time, when I get into like indie stuff like this, where it's like, had it been at my LCS, you know, would I have picked it up? I don't know. I can't say there because there you're looking at one thing on a shelf of fifty things, a hundred yep. things. I like I like doing it at shows better because for me it's like I'm sitting there I'm having a conversation with you you can pitch me the book that's that's where I prefer to buy mine but with uh, with a lot of the indie stuff that I have uh, and I've talked about a couple of books already on on this uh, podcast that that I've that I picked up just randomly I I don't know if because you're East Coast right or you're uh, just uh, East Midwest. you're in Indiana. Indiana? Yeah, I'm in Indiana. Yeah, um, southern part. Do you do you guys have closer to Louisville, Kentucky? Okay. Do you guys have uh, half price books? Uh, yeah, I think we do somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, so I usually go to half price books. I find these like you know weird title, weird cover, like stuff that I've never heard of, and it's like mm-hmm. three bucks, five bucks, yeah. and I'm like, I mean, for three bucks, even if it's bad, the cover looks cool or whatever. So I've ended up with, like, the coolest books because I just pick up something random. Um, That's why I love, like, when we we do our videos for for C2E2 and our indie show, our our smaller shows that we go to, uh, I like to talk to creators who I haven't seen before, creators who I haven't talked to before. You know, I check in with people I know, like Jenny Wood's a big, you know, I consider her a friend. She's a... I've got all three of her books. She's just got picked up by Dark Horse to publish her big collection. Um... But, like, I checked in with her. I was like, hey, I know I, I got to pick up the last book from you. Peace out. That was it. Because, like, I've already interviewed her on, on video. I've already talked to her a bunch of times. Said, what's up? And then I went, you know, we talked to probably 10, 15 different people at length. You know, like, we say, hey, pitch pitch the whole thing. Give me the whole book. What's going on? And uh, what we do is we, we put them in the video. So we'll do some montage stuff of the show. And then we cut over to to you know people we talk to. So And every year I'm trying to talk to everybody, somebody different because, you know, I've talked to, you know, XYZ last year. So, because I think a lot of situations, like, yeah, 30,000 or whatever people go to C2E2 over the weekend, which is, like, an incredible amount of people, like, conceptually is huge. But, like, it's (laughs) it's still, like, nothing compared to the amount of people that read comics and, and are interested in the culture. So, I think having a video like that where it's like, hey, these are the people who were there if you didn't get to go, here are their website links on the bottom, Boom. So, like, if you dig this, if you like this story, if you like this pitch, check it out kind of thing. That's yeah, a, it's, it's, it's I, an awesome thing, man. I call it indie love. Hashtag indie love. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I, we're, we're at that position where, you know, at some point we're going to be published. Yeah. So I'd love to say that, you know, maybe some of that goodwill comes back around our way. But I, I just think there there is there's a lot coming out of the, the, the big three. Uh, I know Image isn't part of the big three but it kind of is it kind of is Ima- yeah. image is a powerhouse one of them <laughs> image image is a powerhouse i know a lot of people like to say oh it's just 
it's just Marvel and DC, but I, I think Image is at the, in, in the same rate. Like even places like Dynamite is like licensed properties a lot of the way, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome Inbis sixty four to the broadcast. I'm talking with Michael Heitkamper, creator of Freedom Fighter and Acts of Contrition. Uh, if you have any questions, make sure you drop them down below. I'm gonna switch over and show off some uh, some of the artwork from Acts of Contrition right now. I just switched I switched to broadcaster right away. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. <laughs> Lost complete train of thought. Yeah, yeah, just a complete derailment. Uh, but what you were saying earlier about, you know, if you saw the book in your local comic book store, it probably wouldn't be one of the things you pick up. We've been trying to get the books into stores for so long. There seems like every time I go into a store, there's always another hurdle to go across. You know, like, okay, is it got a diamond code? No, it doesn't have a diamond code. Okay, does it have, you know, a, a USB, uh, a USB code? Uh, ISBN. ISBN number. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we finally got those. Uh, Axe Contrition actually came out with them, but Freedom Fighter didn't first. I see eyes being on the stores. And, you know. Plus, I want to talk about this is only this, this is only sixteen ninety nine guys. This this is, uh, you said, 180 pages? It's actually 164 pages. 164 but, pages know, of story for sixteen ninety nine. This is nothing. This is nothing. This is nothing. Really it's 10 cents a page. It's nothing. Let's let's be real. Let's be real. Uh, if this was X Men, it'd be twenty five dollars for this. Yeah. Like you know, that's something else. You know, whenever James said he was going to sell for sixteen ninety nine, I was thinking, man, are we making anything? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be a twenty five dollar book, to be honest. But uh, he said we could sell it for sixteen ninety nine, and uh, I think that's great. You know, it's it makes uh, the audience. It, it gives us a wider audience <laughs> for sure for sure and i think a lot i think a lot of a lot of the culture uh definitely has to be the the, the price of admission right uh you yeah. look at certain things like uh, you know a few years ago uh well four years ago now we i i publicly broke up with wizard you know like we put out a video i was so mad it was a hundred dollars to walk in the walk in the door for the weekend and i wow. was just genuinely appalled i couldn't I, genu- I just couldn't understand how you could put that high of a price tag on on such a, a, a comparatively small show, um, especially comparing it to something like a C2E2, you know? $100, and I was like, no, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, how can you ask $100 and then at the same rate on, on the creator side, um, I don't know if you've ever met Angel Medina. Um, no. He is a, he, he was a writer, he was an artist on Spawn for a number of years, Spider Man, um, like industry name, local guy here in Chicago area. Uh, he he's been going. He's been a guest of the Chicago Comic Con since the eighties. Like he helped build the thing. And that same year, I was talking to him. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm probably not gonna be coming back here anymore. I was like, oh, why? What's going on? He said, after 25, 30 years or whatever. It's like they asked me to pay for my table. And I was like, "What? Oh. <laughs> what? Like, wow. oh, an OG? Like, this is the guy. This is one of the first five guys. Let's say you ask him. Oh, next year we're gonna need you to pay for your table. What? Huh. And then, like, on top, because here's the thing. What what had happened was with the C2E2 and, and Wizard thing in Chicago. Wizard was supposed to sell to Read Pop, and C2E2 was going to be the only show. Something somewhere during the process fell apart. The problem was Marvel had already signed with Read Pop, 
DC had already signed with Depop, Repop, and I think even Image had already signed with Repop. They had Dark Horse left, and I think their contract was expiring too. They ended up with one major publisher and nothing else and a show to put on in August. Obviously, Marvel wasn't going to sign up because that gives them, I think, logistically, that gives them space because they don't have to drag all the crap from San Diego straight to Chicago, basically, in August. You know, they're like, oh, we can do Chicago in the, in the spring, go to San Diego in the summer, and then we don't have to drag the stuff anywhere else. So, like, I think for them, it just made sense not to sign up again. So then they, yeah. they, they joined forces with this entertainment company, and then it became all about these signatures and these, these you know, guests and uh, the entertainment guests, wrestlers and actors and all that stuff. And that's cool, but then they kept trying to call it a comic con, and every year they would hide the comics, hide the artists, which I thought was ridiculous. One of the years... It's cover- they get all covered up by figures and they put <laughs> they put a legitimate wall in front of Artist Alley. Yeah. They put they took all the all the signatures, they made a whole like walled in section of like, oh this is where you go for the signatures. Except it was right in front of Artist Alley, so people didn't see Artist Alley. There was a whole half of Artist Alley that no one went to. Uh, so yeah, it was terrible. So to keep calling it a Comic Con and you know put that hundred dollar price on it. By the time someone gets to Artist Alley to an independent creator, you know you're sitting there. You know if it's twenty five dollars, like hey listen it's it's one hundred seventy hundred eighty pages, but they're like yeah but you know I only had two hundred. I paid, I paid a hundred at the door. I thirty dollars to eat. <laughs> you know I can literally have only so much money to. To, to spend here so like you, you you really you cut you cut them off at the legs you yeah. know i think i think and, uh, c2e2 I've is definitely a better spot World never i don't think so uh, but, i wouldn't uh, recommend I it honestly i'd pay a hundred dollars to get in the door it's it's rough it's rough honestly and the only reason i went that year uh was a friend of ours a client of ours technically is is a uh, is part of uh was he had a table there he had already bought a table uh, and I was like, hey, can you get us like a discounted ticket or something? And he was able to help get us a discounted ticket. We helped him out with the table so he could like walk away for a few. But like, right. it sucked. It's I just I was watching all these and this was like I said, this was the year when they they blocked off the artist alley. And I'm just I'm like, why is it so dead? And then, you know, I lean over and there's two aisles of tables at the artist alley. And then there's huge wall. You can't even see the rest of the show. Yeah. I'm like, no one knows we're here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, uh, I did uh, Lexington Comic Con earlier this year, and it was kind of the same situation. They put all the vendors behind all the celebrity guests. You know, the celebrity oh, guests, wow. they were inside Rep Arena. And to get to the uh, vendors, you basically had to go into the celebrity area and come around. It, ah. it, it was just poorly set up, really. Gross. People eventually found us, but it it seemed like it was backwards. <laughs> You know, it would have been nice if they put the vendors up front and you had to walk through them to get to the celebrities. For sure, for sure. And that's why I think some stuff like this where – stuff like this, like the, the, way, the reason we do our videos the way we do is super important because, you know, w- whether it's like the scope and size of a show like C2E2, which I think we still miss stuff this year. Like we went pretty strategically heavily to like hit every aisle and I'm pretty sure we still miss stuff. And, like, we're there to experience as much as physically possible. So, at the same time, like, to have missed a lot of stuff still, 
the people who are just there casually just to experience the whole thing, how much are they missing? So that's why I like showing off stuff that maybe people might not stop next to. Maybe people, you know, like I like talking to people who are passionate about their their book, passionate about what they're pre- presenting to people, and be like, hey, like I, that's why I like insane comics. It's local, yeah. it's smaller, but it's still so much material. A in one booth, so like anyone can walk into that booth and find something they like. Exactly, that's what we told so many people came in the book. We don't have a book for you. You are just too damn picky. You know? Right, exactly, exactly, They're, exactly. They have they cross every genre. They really do. I mean, you got like I said from the beginning, superheroes. They got dark stuff. They got twisted metal stuff. They, I mean, anything you're looking for, it's there. Yeah, across the board. That's that. That's you know that's the same reason I started doing the show. Like I joined the caffeine uh, broadcasting community a few months ago, and one of the other broadcasters was talking about like, hey, we should, you should do talk shows. And I just kind of that night decided I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do a comic book talk show, which is what I do Wednesdays, and I do one uh, on Thursdays for about doing uh, your passion as a business, following your passion as a business as a oh, cool. as a living. So I you know. I, I think having that other market, you know, like you said, that, that you have those shows where there are these incredible obstacles placed to, for you to get in front of someone who is trying to get you to buy their book. And by then, you might have already spent your money because Artist Alley is never at the front of a show. Yep. Um, and then even to go to your LCS, to go to your local comic shop. There are all these obstacles, all these all these barriers of entry. So I think the internet the internet is the only arbitrage at this point. Like I think having you know digital, I think is a great way to go. Uh, we're actually working on a, a website that's kind of like a like a free taste kind of website. Like oh. uh, like try it. Here are the links. Like here is the first chapter. Here are the links. Buy it. That's something. You know, I, I write books also, and that's something I always find that, hey, if you give away five or six chapters of your book for free, you know, you, you do make a sale eventually because they read those chapters and they get hooked, you know. Oh, I mean, for sure. If you're a good enough writer and they're into Exactly, you know, exactly, if it's good. read the rest of the book, they got to have it, you know. And that's, that's, that's why I, I like the concept of webcomics, uh, and I kind of wanted to reverse engineer that. Um, so we we started a, a, catalyst, a website called the the catalyst uh, and essentially the, the concept in reality is like the the monetarily it's a way to like remonetize old stuff. So let's say you were on volume three of Freedom Fighter, you could you know if you if you wanted to you could put page by page let's say on a monthly basis, weekly basis whatever the first volume. Here's a free page. Here's a free page. Here's a free page. Always with links. Like, hey, if you like this, here's the link. Buy the whole volume. Here's the link. Here's the newest volume, etc. That's so, a cool idea. So, and I just like that idea because, and it's not meant to be like, hey, this is how you make money off your work. It's really meant to be like, uh, this is how you sell your stuff. It's a promotional tool. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and because we, we we needed a place to put our book once we were ready for it, and I was just like, why do I have a whole website? for one thing like i just don't understand that i don't understand the purpose of a website for just one comic book i'm like i'm like i'm gonna have this i have the bandwidth i have the space i'm like i don't need other people's money it's the whole it's i don't know if you know what steam is it's a it's a gaming platform uh it's like where you buy it's where you buy games and that's essentially like a um, game marketplace and the concept for me originally was a steam for comics where you would go there and it's like 
you know, you pick up, you check out the first chapter of Acts of Contrition, and it's going to be like, hey, if you dig this, if you dig the writing of this, here's Freedom Fighter, check out this one. And at the same time, like, if somebody's like, oh, I dig this black and white kind of style, like, our book is going to be black and white. Hey, if you dig the style, check out this book, and then it'll point to us. So, like, us, our stuff, our book, that makes us money. So, like, any advertising would be going to us. Any advertising from, you know, Acts of Contrition would go to you. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, if someone comes and watches and you know, reads my book, they might dig yours. Like, it's just, that's the, to me, it's just cross-promotion. Like, I just think that if you, like, I, I never watch a movie and say, all right, that's the end of that. If I talk to somebody about a movie, if I'm like, oh, you, like, you loved uh, Memento, like, you really dug Memento, Dark City. Dark City is what you got to check out. It's like, it's trippy. It's a mind mess up. Because that's that's natural. That's natural to, to compare it to things. To say, oh, like you dig this. You think this is a really cool style of something. This is another thing you should check out. I think people talk about TV shows that way. I think people talk about everything that way. Like, oh, yeah. you like this movie. You like this TV show. You like this book. Here's it'll all this other stuff. It'll work across all formats of entertainment, really. Exactly. So that's why I kind of wanted to do that and be like, you know, if you give away your first first issue, page by page over weeks. At the at the absolute very least, somebody reads it and is like, "Oh, this is dope! Oh, there's a whole volume, yeah. done. There's a whole volume. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole volume. There's six issues, and they're two dollars sold." <laughs> so that's why I like the the, the concept of digital. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that I can only read it as digital. There's so much of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm actually finishing up New Fifty Two right now. Um, oh, really? the totality of new 52. So it was one of those things like I could buy 45 trade paperbacks, which is a daunting number. Uh, or I could go digital and like certain stuff I did buy certain stuff. I'm still going yeah. to buy. Cause like some of the, some of the chunks of new 52 are just really, really well done. Other stuff is really bad. So I'm actually going to do a whole podcast about that just because I think there's a whole lot to unravel there as far as like how they did that whole project. But that'll be another podcast to get back around to it. Uh, this has been about Acts of Contrition, which, again, I, I cannot say in any other words, in any better words, than this is a fantastically written, excellently portrayed story that I think if you're into noir, if you're into drama, if you're into supernatural agent or uh, angels, I mean, uh, if you are into... Uh, What's, what's the show? Su- the show, Supernatural. Uh, I think if you are into the show, Supernatural, I think this is going to be right up your alley. Because I know a lot of people are big fans of that. I'll, I'll be honest, I've never seen an episode. <laughs> I've never seen an episode either. I was about to say the same thing. Well, my cousin, my cousin has. Take your word for my it. My cousin has. I, 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 think, I think I may have seen part. I know I've seen part of one episode. I don't, I don't remember if I saw the whole episode. But it's very much like normal everyday life. Also demons, also angels, also, you know, all this other supernatural stuff. So I've had more than one person tell me that I should watch this show because I know kind of like your concept. It's if you're into that, you're going to love this. Exactly. Exactly. It's just on my watch list type of thing. And one day I'll 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 have everything watched. (laughs) They don't come up with right. (laughs) Right. If they stopped everything right now. 10, 15 years, I could have watched everything that I've been told to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And. We're sitting here waiting and waiting for these new shows to come out, and there's so many things I could be watching instead, you know. Right. Uh, 
and at the end, and on the flip side of that is you're still writing, you're still creating. Yeah. So like, there's a whole other side of life that you need to attend to, and you'd oh, still yeah. like to watch all this stuff. You know, I'm 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 blessed in that I work from home. I do I do nonverbal tech support, so I, like I I type to people. Oh sweet. So I'm I'm watching shows in the background. I'm actually, <laughs> like I said, I was I was catching up with Lucifer, and I'm watching. I'm I think I'm rewatching the last like four episodes. Because I had seen them, but I couldn't remember them. <laughs> like, you got an unfair advantage then whenever it comes to catching up on shows. <laughs> in theory, yeah. But like I said, you know, I watched I watched the last four, but I don't remember what happened. So I had to like, oh. like I caught a moment, but I don't know, you know, because I'll start the next one. It'll be like previously, and it does shows all this stuff that I don't remember, and I'm like, son of a monkey! Now I got to go back and do the whole thing. <laughs> like I saw that part. All right, I can start from here. Yeah. And you know it's it's a it's a blessing for sure. I do have an advantage. I'm not gonna lie there, but I uh, it, it's still a lot. It's still a lot because I'm into uh, Lucifer is a big one. Uh, the new season of Legion's coming out, which Legion is just incredible. Uh, is did, that? I, I need to get caught up on that show. I was watching that whenever it was on FX. Did you watch? Uh, how much? How much of it did you have you seen? Oh, I think I've seen four episodes of it before. I just couldn't keep up with the schedule you know and then uh i think it's on hulu or, or it's, on Netflix. it's on one of those things i need to catch up on that one it's it's uh, fantastic it's one of those things that the first i know the first three episodes four episodes i could genuinely couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't yeah i yeah, wasn't sure my trippy exactly i no. wasn't sure what was going on i wasn't sure if he was imagining stuff there was there was a scene where he was walking with her and they because they can't touch, they were holding uh, like a, a piece of fabric between each yes. other, and I'm walking and everyone's kind of giving him weird looks and I'm like, is this is he imagining her? And then that's why they're giving him weird looks because he's just walking around with this piece of cloth, <laughs> and it's it's so so deep. And then like they the trail. Right, exactly. Like they're just looking at him like freaking weirdo. Like oh, I need a better job. <laughs> but like you get to a point because I I saw the trailers ahead of time and people would make were, were making these assumptions and like oh this you know I don't know if you know much about the X Men uh, universe as far as the comics. One one of the trailers shows a character that's and they were like oh it's Mojo Mojo's in the book. So the whole time while you're watching the show, I'm trying to figure out. How the hell does Mojo fit into this? Because if you ever seen Mojo, he's like, he's like yeah, a game show host. Yeah. So like it really like just that personality didn't fit into this story. And when they reveal who talking about on the show too, because uh, the last episode I watched of it that I remember, I remember he made like a just sudden appearance. Yeah. Here or in his dream or something. Exactly. Oh, can't wait till next episode and. I never got back. But when they when they when they reveal the name, I lost my shit because it made so much perfect sense. It made perfect perfect sense. But like it never came to mind. And as soon as they said the name, I was like, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> like it's like, "Yes, of course it's him. Of course it's him." Oh, I got to get back into that show now. It's so good. And then there's a new season of that coming out. They're like and unless the thing, like I'm not even just tied into the comic book stuff like I don't know if you ever see saw the movie uh, Twelve Monkeys. The show was actually pretty good. So like, oh, I, yeah, I saw the first two seasons, I think, or the first season. And there's another season already out. Like, there's just all this show out, and I, there's there's no time. <laughs> it's been forever since I've seen that movie. I mean, 
I think whenever the last time I saw it, I was probably too young to be watching something like that <laughs> first come out. Uh, but say it was Bruce Willis and it was uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's the only one. about time travel, I guess, wasn't it? Yes, it was time travel. I, I genuinely, I, I mean, it's been so long since I watched the show that I don't even remember the premise of the show, honestly. I just remember enjoying it, and, like, you know, there was a twist ending, and I was like, son of a bitch, I need to watch the next one. And then it was like, you know, because I'm a completionist, I had shotgunned the whole first season, and then for whatever reason, they had, like, a really long gap before the second season, like a year and a half kind of thing. Like not even like a not even just like a season, but like a year and a half, and then I was into other stuff, and you know there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So when it came out, I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta remember to get on that. But then it was like episode three, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna re- I'm gonna watch the first three episodes, and then I'm gonna be pissed off because I can't watch the next one. Yeah. So like that's uh, that's the position I end up being in. Like I watched the first half of all the comic book shows uh, after after they went to Christmas break. So I was like, hey. I'm a shotgun all these. I also watch NCIS, so that's three more shows to watch. And, like, uh, I did watch Discovery, though. I did w- watch the entirety of Discovery because I thought that was super important um, just as far as to show the impact live, kind of, like, as it comes out. Um, and and it was really well done. Like, really, really incredibly well done. If you're if you're into Star Trek at all, I... I do I, like Star Trek. I think it's worth the, the subscription fee. Okay. The, the, I had to check it out. I, I just... You know, the TV shows of Star Trek, I never really got into them that much. It was like, I'll watch it if it's on, you know. I like Deep Space Deep Space Nine a lot whenever it was out. Deep Space Nine was uh, outstanding. Yeah, it, it was a great show. Uh, that was probably my favorite. I know a lot of people like Next Generation. Uh, but Deep know. Space Nine is definitely my second favorite. I still love Voyager. I am in love with the concept of taking like something that's established, taking it 100% out of its comfort zone, and then just letting letting the shit fly. Because it was like, here is this ship that's really meant to function as like an extension of this large governing body. And then you just take off the body. And there's just this hand floating there, essentially. <laughs> like, what what's the hand do? Yeah. So you ended up, you know, just like some really, really interesting stories. Um, yeah, same thing. I feel like they did the same thing with... Um, Although in a lot of situations that ends up being really weird, uh, Andromeda was another one that that did that. It was like you know it, it started the first like half hour or whatever was in the past where there was a the Commonwealth and same kind of thing. You know, it was you know you had your Federation and all that, but then got stuck in a time loop, woke up three hundred years later or something, and and then there was none of that. All of it was gone. <laughs> it's like now you deal with that. You here you are. Uh, Kevin Sorbo with your with your lack of any form of organization it was kind of a whole thing where they tried to rebuild the Commonwealth and I thought it was a really really interesting storyline but then like season 5 and I noticed this with a couple different series season 5 shit just takes a side turn that no one can explain on Andromeda they fell into some like nebula or something where like they couldn't communicate outside of it so then it got weird and like there was just like bad humor like I don't know the writing got different the, the characters got strange same thing happened on Enterprise Enterprise fell into some sort of space spatial gap where they couldn't talk to Starfleet and everything got strange during that time frame like I think they killed somebody like as part like they were like well we gotta kill this dude otherwise he's gonna come back after us and I'm like 
you're Federation. You don't kill. Like, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I've seen it with a couple different series, usually sci-fi. They, like, fit, fifth, sixth season, they just take a weird left turn. And either they're, like, either... They're running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, it was like, ah, like, ah, it's, it's, we're losing steam. Throw the new guy on it. Let him, let him have a crack at it. And then you just end up with really interesting, strange stories. Like, on Andromeda, there was a beautiful moment where they're having a conversation. He turns around. He opens a panel. He was looking for something, for a gun or whatever. And he pulls out this blonde wig and, a, like, a barbarian sword. And he's like, that's a long story. And I was like, a Hercules reference? What? What the hell is going on right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I used to watch the heck out of that show too, Hercules. I loved that series. Xena Princess Warrior. I love Xena Warrior Princess. I yeah. thought that was a. I, I thought that was really interesting and kind of ahead of its time because I've seen a lot of a lot of kind of fantasy stories that take place around kind of the end of the pagan religions and the beginning of the yeah. Christianity, kind of take the same tone of like the god is like taking over kind of like here's the here's the next stage of where things are going to be so uh, that whole thing where like she had the baby she had like the antichrist baby which was like super weird that was another one that was kind of like it got weird at the end it was like why does she have an antichrist baby what the hell's going on (laughs) (laughs) though that show was a lot of fun i i can't remember so many of the storylines but it was just one of those things that come home and come home from school and it was on tv that's yeah for sure watched. for sure exactly because there was there, there was so much because there were so many people and again we talked about barrier of entry there were so many people in the way of producing a show that you only had 10 shows so you had the three that you liked you watched the three that you liked that was it yep. nowadays there's 300 and you might like 20 that's that's a day that's an every that's that's a day a week that you got to dedicate to watching TV, and that's insane. Just conceptually, that is nuts. It is. <laughs> like, it is. I just. Yeah. We I, I, did you ever watch Lost in Space, the old TV show? We just we watched this new series. No, but I wanted to see the new one. I did want to see the new oh, one. You haven't seen it yet. Eh, it's it's so so. It's not really. Like- I had my my cousin said that it was outstanding. It, you know. I feel like there was just, okay, uh, the Dr. Smith character, mm-hmm. you know, in the old series. Sure. Obviously, he's kind of like a bad guy or whatever. He's played by a woman this time, which is cool. You know, it was a little bit of a twist, but her character just fell flat for me. It, uh-huh. it really did, you know, and uh, it didn't it didn't feel like I, what I wanted to see. Maybe that's what it was. I wanted to see the old story and stuff. And there were a lot of other plot lines that I felt like they, uh, they left hanging, too. So, uh, but... I think they intended on making a second season, but uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I didn't. I, 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 man, I thought it had just come out recently. I, I didn't realize it was done already. Yeah, it did just come out. I mean, it's a Netflix series. So. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was. I didn't realize it was a Netflix app. For some reason, I thought it was somewhere else. Um, or but was it Prime? It, it's one of those streaming services. <laughs> right. I mean, there, there's again, there's another one where it's like there's thirty of those. Like. Yeah. Which ones do you subscribe to? And it doesn't help. It doesn't help that people make deals across the board. You know, you have if you have you have Netflix, you have the Marvel Netflix shows. Oh, yeah. Runaways, that's going to be on Hulu. So now I got to buy Hulu at least for a, for a month or whatever until I watch the show. And then uh, Cloak and Dagger is going to be on Freeform, which I get is like a Disney property, 
but that's still like one other thing I gotta watch. I can't just watch it all in one place. And then at the same time, like all the other tie-in shows are on the MC or on uh, ABC. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many venues for you to, and the completionist in me doesn't require it at this point because I think the shows have distanced themselves enough from the MCU movies. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they tie into stuff because from what I understand, and this is like from my own research, the the actual Netflix shows still happen like in the past, technically. Yeah. Like they're still happening in like 2015, 2016. So like... That's my understanding. So, like, Sokovia hasn't happened yet. Like, none of these big events have happened. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's, like, right after the first Avengers movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, at, you know, at least those two have happened. Uh, well, uh, three, rather. Four. Yeah. Jeez, that was four movies up to that. So, through the Avengers movie, and then, I, you know, I don't know if it's the next year or whatever, but let's say that was 2012. I think these shows happen... Because there was, there's no mention of any of the other events, the other major events. Because right. at least yeah. on and on the ABC shows, they are on agents like they mention it, like they mention the second Thor movie, they mentioned Sokovia Accords, the Hydra thing happened, which I thought yeah. was outstanding. Yeah, that took that shook up the whole Shield TV show. I understand. Uh, it it was yeah. really it was really well done and like created some really really interesting storylines to work off of. And like some darker stuff came out of that as well. Like, it, it was it was very very interesting. And I, there was a lot of people who were like, "Oh, there's not enough like superpowers and blah blah blah." But to me, like being a comic book fan, it's about the world building for me. Um, you know, just as much as like if you were if you if you told me if you shot me an email and said, "Hey, I'm gonna have a, a one shot of you know just a quick twenty page story of of Daryl and like his." his prime days where he wasn't dying of cancer. And I'd be like, yo, I'm into that. (laughs) Like there wouldn't have to be a single angel in it. There wouldn't have to be anything fantastic. I would just be into reading that story. Because to me, that's just those like little corners of the universe that just kind of fills in the whole picture. You know, like if you step back, you still see the whole thing, but if you get real close, you see the little details. And that's to me, that's what shield always was. It was always like the cleanup crew. And we got to deal with this, like, not quite big enough threat for Captain America and Tony Stark to show up, but still a big enough threat for us to care. Like, <laughs> that. Yeah, it was a cool show. Uh, I watched it probably for five or six episodes. I, I think it was one of those again that you just couldn't keep up with the schedule. So, and and I'll be honest, the first season is not the greatest. The back half of the first season, when they deal with the Hydra stuff, and then mm-hmm. like that's when it gets really interesting. Season two, you get like superpowered people. There's there's way more stuff that it like evolves very very strongly, uh, but it's I don't know there there's I think there there is an oversaturation of certain content. Uh, I think Inhumans was a little underplayed. I think that could have been Marvel's Game of Thrones because of oh, the really? the royal intrigue and like you saw little bits of it in the show, but it was very and they they were trying to sell it like oh this is a miniseries, but it very much wasn't done. It very much felt like a season finale. Can't wait to show you season two. And then they were like, eh, we're not doing a season two. I thought that they had intended to do a season two. and uh, They they pitched it. They pitched it when people started freaking out about, oh, it's already canceled. They said, listen, it was always intended to be a miniseries. It was never going to be a multi, you know, multi-season thing. 
Uh, but then, and, you know, everyone took the example of, like, well, you know, Agent Carter was also supposed to be just a miniseries, and then that got two seasons. <laughs> like, yep. Which was another thing that, that like, show, it was, yeah. absolutely. And it was one of those things where they had set up this, like, oh, we're going to show you this pre-Shield era, and I, I was under the impression that we were going to see it up until the building of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, we, we didn't see that, and they canceled the series. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this was e- an easy show to make. It was eight episodes, super low budget. There's not a ton of, like, crazy graphics. It's mostly, it's mostly just, like, make it look like it's the 40s, 50s. Like, it's not hard to make stuff look like it's the 40s or 50s. I don't know. It yeah. just it just felt like it felt like giving up on something that didn't need to be given up on. Whereas like the flip side of that, Inhumans, everyone has powers. There's so much CG that needs to be done. So what they did is they toned down the story and they like made it less about the powers and like they cut Medusa's hair off. Oh really? Yeah. So she's she's bald. She's bald the entire season. So besides like the first two episodes, I think. She doesn't even use her powers, so it's very much about her kind of being Black Bolt's interpreter, and I mean, admittedly a badass, like she still can fight and stuff. But like they they took and like Karnak because he's very much a permanent visual effect. He died in the first episode. Oh, not Karnak, um, Triton. Okay. The 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 water guy, because he's. Perm- a permanent special effect like he's either makeup which on a tv show can be hit or miss or or he's cg which is expensive so they ki- they killed him off in the first episode so I like the producers find a lot of ways to cut the budget yeah yeah and it was one of those things like i when i heard they were gonna do a movie i wasn't excited about the movie because it's very much a long story there's a lot to tell in in the inhumans story but at the same time, it felt like it was way under budget. And they made this big deal about how the first two episodes were were shot in IMAX and like they were gonna come they came out as an IMAX movie for the first two episodes as a premiere. And like I was completely underwhelmed. Especially for like it supposedly having been having been filmed in IMAX. Like I thought it was incredibly uh low budget looking <laughs> for something that was filmed in IMAX. Uh, there was a, a. Do you remember? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you remember the the Knight Rider series. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch the like mid 2000s? Flop version or the the new version that kind of flopped. <laughs> well, the new version flopped, but here here's what they did that was brilliant. They made a movie. They made a TV movie as the pilot. So it wasn't like here's a you know 45 minute episode as a pilot. This was a two hour film. And they went all out. They got a full budget. If you watch the pilot movie of the new series, mm-hmm. the transformation is like I think even by today's standards, the transformation is brilliant because the car the car transforms, the 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 Mustang transforms into other Ford vehicles. Conveniently enough, other other Ford vehicles. Uh, <laughs> but it was like. The tra- it was so it was like this nanotechnology it was like beautiful they just like did this super slow pan as it happened visually stunning so like you got hyped you got super super hyped for it so then when the, when the show came on and it was like kind of generation 1 transformers style transformations where it was like panels pop out and shift and stuff i was like 
eh, you know, I mean, I'm already in. Let's watch. <laughs> like, okay. so I watched the whole season. But like, the they they got fancier. Like it it turned into like a truck. It turned into like police cruiser. You know, the entire Ford lineup basically. So you could buy a Ford, <laughs> but right, right. But and it was one of those things where it was the story itself is what what drew me forward. But I will say that they and they also had Val Kilmer as the voice, which I thought was brilliant. But I, I, it, you could do that. You could have a first introductory, like, brilliant piece, and then like tone it down in episodes two on. You know, like, it, it's not welcome, hot croissants to the broadcast. Speaking with Michael Height Kemper of the creator of Acts of Contrition and Freedom Fighter from Insane Comics. Uh, we're just we've gotten off tangents because this is of course the tangents podcast. We're talking about TV shows now, um, but yeah, no. You're on your broadcast voice again. Ah, uh, yeah, you, I got well. I got to introduce. I got to introduce. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it, I think they 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 dropped the ball with Inhumans. It, it could have been this like really cool first. You know, if you want to call it the first two episodes are filmed in IMAX. Get, like, a ridiculous name to film the first two episodes. Pay Kevin Smith, just whatever he wants to film it. And then give somebody else the reins for episodes three and on, you know? Like, give somebody who knows the material to just show out. If you want to make a big deal about it and bring people to see it. Because that's the thing. I mean, there's, there, there, it's like no, it's not really a big secret. The Inhumans are related to the Kree. Yeah. At the end, it sets up pretty much an invasion by the Kree. So you're kind of like, um, how is this a miniseries? Like, where is this going? The only place I can see it going is the Captain Marvel movie. Because, the, again, very much rooted in the Kree. I wonder where that ties into in the movies. Cause, but the flip side of that is, is this if this is happening in the modern day, Captain Marvel happens in the 90s. Yeah, that's what I just read actually today. So, which I thought was... A cop out because they were like, we're not doing really origin stories anymore. But then it's like, but this one happens in the past, so it's it's okay. <laughs> it's okay that it's an origin story because like she's almost certainly. I mean, if she's not in Avengers four, I, I don't even know what the hell that post credit scene was about. I don't either. <laughs> but like, so I'm sure she will be right. She'll so she'll be. she'll be in that. So they have to explain her, which means that her movie had to take place in the past. Yeah. But then it's like. I really, that movie needs to end really strongly for me to believe that she's just been absent for, like, Sokovia, the invasion of New York, all these big events that kind of needed her help. Like, if she had just shown up and, like, yo, clutch, that was clutch, appreciate it, Captain Marvel. <laughs> like, like, she's on a different planet or something, but Nick Fury, he can still call her with a cell phone, you know? <laughs> right? I'm saying, like, she's got to be off planet. And that button, like, that was too fancy of a pager for it to be anything else besides intergalactic. Right. Which is fine if it's like, hey, um, I'm glad we got our, stung, our stuff straightened away. We're cool, Nick Fury. But, uh, you know, the powers that be say I got to go and patrol space because I'm a space cop. Peace. <laughs> Flies. You know, I'm fine with that. That's fine. But it's like, I feel like he would have called her... At least for Sokovia. Hey, there's a, there's a robot trying to take over the entire planet. You want to just, uh, well, you, you got a few minutes for us? It's going to end with her and Nick Fury not getting along on some on some level. You know, where That's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's, I hadn't, yeah. you know what, I hadn't considered that. I hadn't considered that they had a falling out and she was like a, 
last ditch. Like I'm going to call her if I can't call anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Similar to the Tony and Steve Rogers type of thing. You know, after civil war, he's like, got the cell phone just in case they need each other. Also, I, I thought it was interesting that in, in uh, infinity war that they were like, Oh, Avengers are done. We're, we're not around. We're like we're not a thing anymore. And I was like, wait, so because cap wasn't going to do it, you, yeah. You didn't. You were like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do it." It was like solidarity. Like he didn't want to sign, but like I won't do it without him. So like you guys still don't have a superhero team. Yeah. Well, kind of plays with his character too, because he he, you know, even though he's really ambitious, he's lazy whenever it comes to working on a team. Tony does. It's true. Is. It is true. It's very. It's very much about Tony. That's why I like the scene at the beginning where Pepper's like, "If you loved me, you wouldn't have done this." And she taps on his chest. No, no, it's not even. It's not like an arc reactor. This is just. This just stores nanotech. That's all this is. And she's like, th- "Like, that's not the po- like you saw it in her eyes. Like, that's not the point, jackass. <laughs> like, yeah. the point is, you said you were done. You said you were quitting. Here you are, not quitting." <laughs> It's, it's a short scene, but it was a good scene. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it was just like we're on to the next thing. But it was very deep, as far as like the characters go. I thought it was yeah, really really well done. Uh, Hakrasant uh, is a broadcaster on on caffeine. She is uh, she has joined us here, and I want to kind of bring her in. Besides the movie talk, the the book that we're talking about is Acts of Contrition. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, it is uh, mafia gangland kind of life meets angels, the supernatural. Uh, it follows this dying fellow that's on the screen right now, Daryl, and he's uh, he's a mob enforcer uh, who is then petitioned by an angel to find out who killed one of his charges. I think that's about as as concise of a pitch. What do you, what do you think, Michael? I think that was perfect. <laughs> I'm working on my pitches. I was told that my pitch for my book sucks, so I'm working on my pitches. <laughs> I think you really just sold it right there. Uh, it, the only thing else you can add is that the angel is kind of off the hook a little bit. He's a little unhinged. He is. He is very unhinged, and it's one of those things that every every moment with him on screen very much calls to, to like know more of his story, which Michael has informed me. Uh, who doesn't love an unhinged angel? Exactly. Who doesn't love an unhinged angel? Um, I, I think, uh, but which I think, you know, to go to back what we were talking about before the show, Lucifer, that's essentially what that entire series is about. An unhinged angel, <laughs> an angel, an angel with daddy issues. Um, so it, the, the entire story, every scene with, with the angel, Steven, uh, brings up this, like, what is this guy about kind of desire? Like you want to know what's, what, he, what he's about. And Michael's informed me that in the next book, which should be coming out, soon-ish um, <laughs> um, it, that's going to be explored a little more as far as who he is yeah yeah there's no estimated date yet but we were we will be working on it yeah I, I just I just love the idea that our our lead character has an expiration date like hey here's this guy he's dying of cancer he's in final stages and go <laughs> like yeah and he's got a lot of ground to cover. Right. Do it while while he's covering this ground. He's got to go through a lot of pain, and uh, it's it's really rough for him because you know it turns his life upside down again, even though it was already upside down. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, so I've got the, the links up above for all your stuff for those for Hackersant watching now and anyone else watching in the future. Uh, if you guys are listening to the Tangents Podcast, I appreciate you. Make sure you guys give us a like or a love on uh, whatever platform, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, and make sure you guys check out M. Hype Kemper, H-E-I-T-K-E-M-P-E-R books.com or is it, ins- I think it's insanecomics.com, right? That's right. Insanecomics.com. You can pick up the book, this book, Freedom Fighter, any of the other 20, 30 titles that Insane Comics has. Uh, those, those are all available on those, on those platforms. Uh, Hackersant, thank you very much for, for joining us uh, in these last few moments here. Uh, Michael, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate you very much for, for joining me to talk about the book. Super excited about it. Being here, man. I, was, uh, I was super excited to get it. I was super excited to read it. Uh, it, it. Honestly, it just kind of all timed out perfectly. I just started doing the show. And I'm doing. I'm going through my 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 catalog alphabetically. So this is right at the top. I'm still in the A's. So this worked out perfectly. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed this book, man. I really do. And uh, I'm, it was great being here. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure by the time since there's a, a trade coming out of uh, uh, a Freedom Fighter, uh, by the time we get to F, I'm sure we'll have another conversation. Uh, there you go. Thank you very much again for, for hanging out. Thank you, those watching in the future. Thank you, Hawker for joining us. Uh, appreciate you very much. We'll see you guys in the next one.